Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Basketball Addicts Podcast. Yes, sir. The podcast in the world that answers the only question that ever truly matters in the world. Look, we're so addicted to basketball. It's seven fifty-one in the morning, and we're talking about this. <laughs> How you have a You can't even get in. How do you hate my side of You can't even True. get in, and that's exactly where we're going today because we have some awards today to give out. Yes, we have some MVPs. We have some DPOYs. We have some. Um, rookies of the year we have some first team second team third team you know all defensive possibly you know we got some teams that are moving toward the playoffs we're just gonna just let Mm -hmm. it go naturally wherever it goes nobody knows yeah jason what you gotta say today man what you gotta say man i think i think the most obvious and glaring question because it's not like one person is just walking away with the mvp i feel like the mvp is the natural discussion I feel like there's so many guys this year that could have a case. I mean, MB's leading the league in scoring. He's played 63 games. The 76ers are the third seed. You know, we got Jokic and his extremely efficient nature. He's played around 67 games. Um, They're the first seed in the West. And we got Giannis, who's starting to get a little bit more uh, public push from the public end. Um, he's also averaging a ton of points per game, um, having high rebound numbers, 11.8, which is ridiculous, 5.6 assists, play 61 games, number one overall seed in the NBA, number one overall seed a team in the NBA. Like, you know, he's got a lot of things going for him. And, you know, the outsider is Luka. Even though they missed the playoffs, Luka's having a phenomenal season, um, second leading scorer, the leading assist guy. So, Chris, who do you think you're leaning? Who do you want to give the MVP to and why? Well, first, let's let's talk about what the list that you just gave, right? Uh-huh. So that's, that's, that's the best thing to do here. So as far as Luka won the MVP, I think that's completely out of the question. Okay. I think even though they, he's, you know, he was doing really well before Kyrie, you know what I mean? They were, they were winning. He had a case then. But the last time yeah. somebody in the eighth seed won MVP was Russ. <laughs> Yeah. And that was his triple-double season. Triple-double year. Yeah. Triple-double year. Giannis has a good case because of the winning, right? You yes. can say that he's the most valuable push, the most valuable piece of his team. True. So it's possible for Giannis. But the whole argument between Embiid and Jokic, that goes deeper than the MVP race. When you do that argument, you have to really break down 
Who do you think is better? And that is the question I have for you. You have to to, to pick MVP between those two because they're so close neck and neck because yes. one is really dominant, one scores a lot. The other one is really just efficient, and he doesn't score a lot. And we haven't really seen that battle. And Embiid said he has nothing to prove because he's beat him before. He's dominated him before. It's like you have to really break down who do you think is better, and it's hard to do that. So it's hard. So it, when it comes to choosing between Embiid mm-hmm. And Jokic, I think that that might be a little harder of a discussion to have because I'm leaning more toward Embiid. Surprisingly. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, why? Surprisingly. Surprisingly, I'm leaning more toward Embiid because of he's leading the league in scoring. You can see that without Embiid, they can't they can't function. You know what I mean? But then on the other end of, of the spectrum with Jokic, Jokic, he can drop 30, but he's going to have 10 and 11. He's yeah. going to have 25, 6, and, six and 7. He's going to be more efficient. He's going to be more of the all-around player. Yes. But and I, and Yoke is also an integral part of the Nuggets offense. They can't win without him. But it's just yeah. it's really hard because you have to really break down mm-hmm. who you think is better. Yeah. I think Embiid's better. I, I, okay. I'm going with scoring over efficiency, even though I love efficiency because I love how efficient the game of basketball, how easy it comes for Jokic and makes the the Nuggets office. Just think about this for a second. Look at the Nuggets team. Who do they truly have? <laughs> it's it's him, Jamal Murray, and MPJ, and decent decent bench guys. A decent, decent bench guys, de- decent role players, I guess. Decent role players, right? Yeah. So you can make you could truly, 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 if you wanted to make the argument for Jokic because mm-hmm. if you take Jokic off that team, Jamal Murray, he plays great, but he's not going to be able to lead that team yeah. because the offense isn't centered around him. They will have to try to put somebody else in Jokic's spot and they can't do what Jokic do. Yeah. If he went down, if he was hurt, they could not, they would not go anywhere. Yeah. But Jokic can lead a team without Jamal Murray. Sure. But you can say the same thing about the Sixers though because Tyrese Maxey has become an integral part of that mm-hmm. offense. Yeah. James Harden has become somewhat of an integral part of that offense. True. But if James Harden and Tyrese Maxey went down, Joel Embiid could still lead that team. Yeah. Very true. They're very close. So it, it's very close. You see what I'm saying? It's a very yeah. hard discussion to make because it's, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard because they, yeah. they're similarly built, but, but one just scores more and the other one is just more efficient. Dominance versus skill is how yeah. I break it down. Yeah. Dominance versus skill. Yeah. I say this all the time. You may, I mean, some people who listen to this podcast may not agree with me. Embiid's the most dominant. Jokic is the most skilled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. Which one do you? Which one do you hold above the other? Is where it comes down to the conversation. Is like, do you? Are you more of a power guy? Do you like Shaq more, or do you more like more finesse? Yeah. So do you like those guys who can up fake, you know, really slow and control the flow of the offense? Play, players like that don't really normally get the shine because mm-hmm. they don't see it. They don't see it. The media never sees it. Even though I'm not going to, even though they've gotten better with seeing it, I guess, with Jokic because Jokic has won it already. Yeah. But normally the media doesn't really see it. If it doesn't, I mean, if it, They'd be like, oh, he's, you know, he's taking these shots. It's not really exciting. And we won't really look at that because there's not too many yeah. basketball heads in the media. Norm, I was very surprised that B didn't win it last year. Yeah, we both that thought MB, we both thought MB should have won it last year. We were both so, on that train. 
So we do understand that the NBA is story driven. True. <laughs> in most aspects. Yeah. So the fact that they're throwing it at Jokic gives me more idea or more more reason to believe that Embiid's going to win it this year. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the three guys, Giannis, Embiid, Jokic, are all MVP, MVP worthy. Um, when it comes down to Jokic and Embiid specifically, I think, you know, I love the way Embiid plays. I feel like this is the most stylistically fit because how well he... His shot selection is so advanced right now in like the sense word, of... And yeah, stylist, the way he's playing basketball right now perfectly fits his talent. You know what I mean? Like sometimes he would get too caught up in the three point shot. Like, you know, and that may not apply to every big, but when you're Joel Embiid gifted with the body and the force, you know what I mean? He should be playing with force and pushing people around and making everybody around him his bitch. So um, he does that in Philly. (laughs) He does it in Philly. Um, if I had to choose between Jokic and Embiid, though, I would choose Jokic for the MVP. Um, I really think his passing is so ridiculously high tier that I think it would clear him. Uh, but that wouldn't be my MVP pick. He would be second. My MVP is Giannis. It's been Giannis, oh. and it's staying Giannis. Let's have let's let's okay. If we want to give it to somebody. Just because if look people want to give it to Jokic for the narrative of let's have some historical moment here, okay? Well, let's look at, let's give it to Giannis for a third time, okay? And this is Giannis's best season. He's averaging 31, 32 a game, twelve boards, five point six assists, number one overall team in the NBA, one number one overall seed in the NBA, better record than the Nuggets. Actually, the 76ers and the Nuggets have a similar record, so we're, we're like five games out. And on top mm-hmm. of that, the thing that nobody's talking about is Chris Middleton only played 31 games this year. How is that not part of the argument? He carried that team, the number one overall, number one record, number one best team in the NBA, to the number one overall seed with Chris Middleton playing 31 games, people. Look, that's insane. That's insane. They look, look, because Giannis, what he's doing this year is ridiculous. You know, he's starting to get a little bit more buzz for the MVP. For a while here, I've been consistent. Giannis is the best player in the NBA. He's the best player. He's the most valuable player to his team this year. And because of the fact that Chris Middleton only played 31 games, should add into the wow factor. Of like we cannot not give it to him because of X and X is Chris yeah. Middleton's only played thirty one games, so Giannis deserves MVP. That's Look, my expert. I'm gonna let you finish, but the NBA is very story driven. Yeah, and people get tired. It, it's too easy to pick Giannis. Ah. <laughs> it's too easy to pick Giannis. True. Just just like during the Jordan years, it's too easy to pick Jordan. Yeah, it was like we gotta switch it up. It's just like during the LeBron years, it's too easy to look at LeBron. We had to switch mm-hmm. it up during the Shaq years, too easy to pick Shaq. We had to switch it up. Yeah. There might uh, look last year, Jokic ran away with it. You know, he was, yeah. he, it was between Jokic and be neck and neck. Yeah. I think Giannis is going to get the LeBron Jordan Shaq treatment this year. It's going to be a clear yeah. his, but it's going to go to somebody else. Yeah, true. I could see that. Yeah, I definitely feel like you know. As long as it goes to one of those three, 
it's not a bad. Whoever gets it between those three, I'm not going to be upset at it. All of them have had phenomenal years. I mean, ridiculously historically relevant. What Embiid's doing. I mean, it's so ridiculously rare for a center to get score more than 28 a game. Right? Like, 20, in the 80s and the 90s and the 70s, 28 a game was really great. Like, Embiid's averaging 33 people. Like, it's ridiculous what he's doing. He's a good defender. I don't think he's a DPOY guy, but he's a pretty good defender. Um, and, you know, Jokic is extremely efficient. Such a world-class passer. And Giannis is doing Giannis things every fucking year. So, all of these three guys been are MVP-level guys. And, you know... I wouldn't be angry at it, no matter who gets it. Uh, it'll be fun to see. I think the voting's really close. I think M- Embiid right now is, like, number one when they had preliminary votes. And Jokic was, like, I'm two votes it. off or something like that. It was, like, so ridiculously close. So, and, Gian- and Giannis was third. And, uh, yeah, I I would take Giannis. I think he's the true MVP this year. Uh, but, yeah, that's I think the MVP discussion is going to be... Something that's gonna be fun all year. Yeah. Secondary, I will take Joel and B because have you seen him play? He just looks <laughs> unstoppable when he is on the yes. court. Fadeaways, he's down low. It's like he really can be like nobody can guard me because I don't think anybody yeah. can. Top five, top seven, seven Southerner of all time. Him and Jokic yeah. are are in that class, right? Like, what? go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Like quickly, Wilt we be my one. Two uh-huh. would be Kareem, three would be Shaq, four would be Hakeem, and then five would be David Robinson, and then I would go Jokic six and beat seven. I wouldn't even think about Dwight Howard. I would put him both above Moses Malone too, mm-hmm. right? Like these guys are ridiculous. These are these are two historically relevant centers, and we just got to sit back and appreciate these guys. But you know, we have a lot of old heads in media too. Yeah. So the fact that Embiid didn't play against Jokic, he set out that game, and he was like, "You gotta play this game. You gotta play this game. Yeah. You gotta play this game." Might just handed the the MVP to Jokic, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the storylines are crazy. Yeah. Storylines. You gotta play this game. Do we have them to talk about? And he was like, "No, I'm not playing the game. I don't have anything to. I don't have no. to play this game." Yeah. 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 So you know what? I uh, I think we're. It's a good transition here from the MVP because I feel like we're done with that conversation. Um, I feel like this is something that should take about a minute. Jaron Jackson mm-hmm. Jr., if they if they vote Brooke Lopez, DPOY, like he's been number one DPOY guy all year, I'm going to literally fucking throw something on the podcast. <laughs> Like Brooke Lopez, like all these fucking stat people, all these fucking like, dude, watch the goddamn games. Like, yes. Is he a good defender at the rim? Sure. Is it impressive what he does for his age? Sure. Does the whole system for the past five years been built around forcing people to the rim, which inflates these guys stats? Sure. He's a poor man's Rudy Gobert. Like, what the fuck are we doing here? Jared Jackson Jr. defend could do that in that system. He could defend the rim. He could defend somebody on the perimeter man-to-man. He could switch on a guard. He can guard one through five. He can guard the post. He's strong enough to not get bullied around. And he can guard quicker players. Like, Jared Jackson Jr. is so ridiculously versatile 
is so ridiculously everywhere on defense. You know, Draymond Green's kind of lost a step, even though the mind's still there, and I still think he's a great defender still, but athletically he's lost yeah. just a little bit, so he can't be DPOY for me anymore. But Jaron Jackson Jr., dude's fucking everywhere. Dude's a wrecking ball defensively. Like, he's special. The only DPOY level guy in the NBA this year is Jaron Jackson Jr., and there's nobody close. Nobody else is having a year like that. And I, this is this this should be a landslide victory for Jaron Jackson Jr. And I will throw a chair if I see Brooke Lopez with a DPOY on his on his fucking nameplate. Ridiculous. He'll be the worst DPOY ever, ever. E V E R. Ever. <laughs> He'll make Marcus All look like the fucking next coming of Dikembe Mutombo. <laughs> Saying off. Marcus All did win DPOY, people. Okay. Um <sighs> Dear God. NBA, please, please vote um Brooke Lopez DPOY. <laughs> please do it. Please do it. I really feel like he's gonna stay at the bottom of his chair, throw his headset, and throw the chair. And I wanna see it happen. I would love to see that happen. Can we get that, please? Just for the just for entertainment, I would even edit the video just just <laughs> just so we could have all of that footage. Just do it, just do it. Oh my god, <laughs> just do it, oh, just do Jesus. it. But yeah, I agree with you. Jaron Jackson Jr. is the is the DPOY this year. It's like yes. without a doubt, it's nobody better. Yeah. Um, he's the only he's the only DPOY candidate this year. Yes, you know because. These are like inflated stats for everybody. I mean, for Brooke Lopez, who's like, I guess he's running away with it or he's close to it. I don't yeah, know. He's been number one for a while on like the DPOY power rankings. That's because of the that's because of the team he's on, their their defensive strategy, the way they're winning. It's yeah. a lot of things going into it, the number of blocks, steals, and rebounds they have per game, yeah. all of those defensive stats. It's plus minus, you know, things like that is what's gonna is what's adding to that. But mm -hmm. it's without a doubt, Jaron Jackson Jr. But I digress. Yeah, I definitely agree, man. And uh, you know, I I think that you know, I feel like another obvious one is Rookie of the Year, Paolo Bencaro. I mean, the guy's averaging twenty as a rookie. A lot of people yeah. are having good second halves, but this is like a non-conversation, like. He's been rookie of the year since his first game. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, it's that's been like a written no -brainer. stone. Yeah, that's a that's a no brainer. Uh, yeah. that, that's what I was like. What other rookies are there? <laughs> like, Jalen like, no. Williams from OKC is having a nice second half of the season. There'll yeah. be some talk there with him. And Brandon Dick Matherin's had a good year throughout the year. Oh, yeah, yeah, Benedict Matherin. Yeah, I think he was close at first, but I don't I don't think so anymore. Yeah. But it's, it's been Paolo Mancaro. It's by a mile. It's Paolo. I don't care if he played three games this year. It's Paolo Bancaro. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. easy. <clears throat> All right. So uh, next award, Chris, we got six man of the year. Uh, the people that are in talk for this award is uh, Malcolm Brogdon, Manuel Quickly, Bobby Portis, Malik Monk, Austin Reeves. Who are you thinking? AR fifteen, really? Get the fuck. Out. No, it's just that's just my it's just Wait, my really? Lakers, you know. Really, Chris? That's just that's, you're that's going off series thing, you know, because it's a Lakers. It's, he's a Lakers guy. 
It's that's the only reason. It's the only reason. Um, can you give me the list one more time? You said I just say AR fifteen because I was only listening to that name because I was gonna say it regardless. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Who else is who, what's the list again? Malcolm Brogdon, Bobby Portis, Emmanuel Quickly, Malik Monk. Mm, it's a good quick one. It's a good one because Emmanuel Quickly, man, that's another guy. Have you seen him play? <laughs> like, yeah, crazy off the bench. Yeah, he's pretty nice. He's been a pretty good definitely shot creator for a minute. Yeah, definitely crazy off the bench. You know, um, definitely a spark. Um, I would honestly, I'm leaning more in the realm of like Bobby Portis, um, mm. Malcolm Brogdon. Okay, those are really like my six men in the year. And honestly, it falls more to I would go Bobby Portis. I would go Bobby Portis as six men of the year. Yeah, it it's a pretty popular pick. Yeah. What about you? I would take Malcolm Brogdon. I think Malcolm Brogdon's. A, a starting level player off the bench. Of course, he's going to be on this list, right? Shoots the three ridiculously yeah. efficiently. Fence so well, 6'5", can't handle. There's a lot. We know what Malcolm Brogdon brings. You know what I mean? He's the best player on this list. Um, even though Bobby Portis does a, really does his role at an extremely high level. You know what I mean? A yes. star in his role type of guy. He yeah. really He's really a great spark off the bench for them. Without a doubt. <clears throat> I feel like this will be a really good conversation, Chris. Okay. Coach of the year. Is it JB Bickerstaff or is it Mike Brown? See? Like, it's going to be a tough conversation because those are the only two guys. If people don't know, JB Bickerstaff is the Cavs coach and Mike Brown is the Sacramento Kings coach. They both clinched, didn't they? Yeah, and they're both like... The Cavs have the four seed in the East. The Kings right now are staving off the Suns from having... They still have the three seed in the West. Mm. Yeah. Ah, it's tough. They both clinched. They both clinched. Both great teams and, this year. Yeah. Great teams this year. Both have the talent. The young talent, too. Yeah. Both very diverse, diver, deserving de- co- co- coach of the year, guys. Either one of these guys wins it. It's a good choice. Which one, though, Chris? My pick is okay. my pick is JB Bickerstaff. Ooh, but really? I th- Explain. I think the NBA will take Mike Brown. Okay, why are you choosing because JB? of the record? I'm a Cleveland guy, so okay. <laughs> I think that what he's been able to do with that young talent, like turn, yes. like you know, this isn't his first year with them, so it's mm-hmm. like it's his first year with like everybody there. But he's he was the help. Garland developed, get Mobley started, Isaac Okoro, mm-hmm. so those really, really young pieces that they were starting to draft in. You know what I mean? That they were able to like make them a cohesive unit because they did well last year. They yes. just took that to the next level this year. Defensively is where they really took Defen- the huge jump. Yeah. Uh, defensively, and then he, he even created like some kind of, uh, it's a different atmosphere in that True. Cleveland locker room now because now that. they're like, they they have like a chip on their shoulder mm-hmm. or something. Like they're way more scrappy now. They're yes. like, I don't even know what happened there. Yeah. But it's just been a whole mindset switch. Yeah. Especially with, with that coach and Donovan Mitchell coming and then being able to integrate Donovan Mitchell seamlessly into the offense. Chef's kiss. Mm-hmm. Now on That's the true. other end of the spectrum. <laughs> right? Uh-huh. Yeah. On the other end of the spectrum, you have Mike Brown. It is like 
yeah, you have young guys. These guys have been playing together for a minute. You kind of just came into and just reinvamped the system a little bit. It is like, but it's worked very well. It's worked very, yeah. very well in Sacramento. And it's just like, I don't know. Me, as a Cleveland guy, I'm always going to go with the Cleveland team. So that's just without okay. a doubt. Mike Brown's an old Cleveland coach. I can see him winning it because of seeding and because what if he's yeah. able to do because this is their first playoff berth since 2006. Yeah. Their first clinch playoff berth since 2006. So, like, I can see it because of mm-hmm. the story that goes along with it and because of their seeding and how well they've been playing from start to finish. Like, really, they started off red hot and ended red. Like, it's yeah. like... This like been no really slow down, but then Cleveland has had a lot of injuries, so they could be they could have been like a three seed really, if but the injuries really held them back because without because mm-hmm. they're such a team, and like it's not too many teams. It's they're such a team that without just one player, they don't even look the same. They don't even look like the same team anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just like <clears throat> I don't know. It's, I'm leaning toward Cleveland, but I'm sure that you had Mike Brown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna choose Mike Brown for coach a year, um, because <laughs> because of the complete 180. I mean, culture wise, first things first. Let's get that out of the way. Like he had to completely revamp the culture. Let's be honest here; they've had a losing culture since Mike Bibby and Chris Webber walking those hallways. Um, yeah. And on top of all of that, the system perfectly fits the talent, right? Like they came came from the Golden State Warriors for like five or six years, sitting on the bench, being the defensive coach for them. And you know he he brought that movement and movement offense and used Demontis Sabonis perfectly, right? Demontis Sabonis has never been used better than he's being used mm-hmm. right now, right? And the pairing sure. of him and De'Aaron Fox and the shooting that they have on the floor with Harrison Barnes and uh, Keegan Murray and Kevin Herter and just everything's been a masterclass of wow and so impressive and everybody's a star in their roles. And, you know, I really feel like, and the funny thing is, is they've been running that warrior system for the past four years with Luke Walton. Luke Walton has been that coach there before Mike Brown. So it's like, okay, Mike Brown must really know what he's talking about way more than Luke Walton in the same exact system. And uh, it's a huge jump. It's so weird because usually when there's a huge jump in between coaches, like, oh, we changed the system around to fit the players better and the system they were running didn't really work. Well, it's the same fucking system. (laughs) Um, I don't know what the disconnect is. Maybe Luke Walton's just not that guy. Um, He didn't connect to the players. Yeah, and uh, on top of all of that, man, I would like to say that this is a great sign for a changing of the way people will view coaching hirings because for so long it's been okay, we got to fill this position. Uh, Is there a guy who is successful in the NBA in the past that looks really good right now? The Quinn Snyders of the world. You know, like, okay, let's go pay him everything. Oh, after that, one guy is gone. Now the job market is ah, the unproven guy that does well in interviews, right? Mm -hmm. Mike Brown was one coach of the year for Cleveland, right? Led Cleveland to all those good teams. But everybody thought that Cleveland was terribly coached because of how poorly the offense was run. And then he goes to the Lakers, and he's with Kobe, and he gets fired within the first seven games because Kobe hated Mike Brown, right? 
And then, right, like, so he had this stigma for years of negative, not a good coach. We've seen him in the NBA. We know who he is. He's not going to grow and change, right? Well, fuck that. He grew and changed. Like, he's a human being. Yeah. Right? Like, and it's time to start. Okay, we fired XYZ person 10 years ago. Yeah, their view on basketball probably has changed since then. You hired them then because you thought they had great talent. Okay, why don't we try this again, right? Like a guy like Mark Jackson. Like maybe he's been watching those fucking Warrior teams and how much different Steve Kerr was coaching than what he did with the Warriors. You think he hasn't learned from it? Like it's time to start giving these guys that flamed out, that had high potential years ago, to giving them another chance again. And I think Mike Brown's overwhelming success story is going to change the way front offices look for head coaches in the future, which is good for basketball. That's a good point. That's a good point. That's a good point. But everybody's not going to be Mike Brown, though. True. Everybody's (laughs) not going to be Mike Brown, though. It is going to, it's going to turn to like, okay, we seen Mike Brown do it. You know, we seen, we seen, so, (laughs) and then they're going to give some love Mark Jackson. They'll give somebody like Mark Jackson a chance. He's not going to be able to do it. It's like, you know, or they, you know, they're going to, some of these proven coaches who like mm-hmm. who have like bad like a, a I would say a dark cloud hanging over their heads yes. who like need to who need to prove themselves they're gonna go mm-hmm. to a team and then they're not gonna be Mike Brown and then it's gonna be yeah. like back to what it was so yeah. it's just like just understand this may or may not be a one off but mm-hmm. don't throw away a coach just because of they had a bad past yeah we're getting at <laughs> yeah yeah because the re- recycling of coaching candidates leads like. There's like shit at the bottom of the barrel, you know what I mean? It's just yeah. sometimes optics are in the way too. Somebody says something about a co- oh, this coach is t- Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd mm-hmm. was running Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Bucks team out of the fucking locker room, right? And he gets a stigma, and it takes him a while to get back in the head coaching spot. And now he's doing great in Dallas, you know what I mean? Like it's that's that's part of the issue too is people trust what they hear, you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, it's great for the NBA. Great. Speaking of Dallas, uh huh. Real quick, uh huh. Dallas is one and six, and they're out of the play-in right now. And like the last seven games are one and six. I already know where this is going. We've been talking about will Kyrie resign? Will the Dallas resign Kyrie? Is the big question. <laughs> like, will they let him sign? Will they just nah? You don't get this contract. <laughs> I think everybody in the media is gonna take the bait. Everybody in the yes. media is going to take the bait and blame Kyrie. Okay, how yes. about we blame the it's fact easy. that they traded away Dorian Finney-Smith. That was the only thing that made them a below-average defense, right? They have nobody. Mm-hmm. They have nobody that can yeah. defend. Uh, it's just it's just like a whole list of nobody. So mm-hmm. they're so ridiculously one-sided right now and poorly built for winning NBA basketball games that you know, I think Kyrie and Luca have no issue fitting still. And it's just it's a bad it's a terrible defense. And they need to yeah. score eighty to do anything, right? And uh uh-huh. it's sad for Kyrie because it's just he's gonna get the blame again. He's gonna be the heel and everybody's gonna be like, oh blah blah blah, Kyrie fucking sucks, but it's not really Kyrie's yeah. my opinion. It's not. It's not. I agree. That's what I was wanting to ask. I was like, do you think, like, because I was like, well, Dallas resigned Kyrie because 
they could be influenced. A lot of teams are influenced by media. Let, let's let's put that out there. A lot of teams are very media influenced. Um, but I feel that Mark Cuban might be different. That's where it is. Mark Cuban ain't gonna give a shit. Okay, Mark Cuban's <laughs> yeah. gonna listen to whoever whoever he trusts with basketball knowledge, and they're gonna make the decision. It's gonna be the right decision if Kyrie wants to stay. Trust me, they will not hesitate to sign the dotted line. Okay, yeah, <laughs> like there's no place other like people don't understand. As person that lives in Texas, me, I mm. look, they're gonna let the stars. Do their personality wise, if they're a Kyrie Irving level player, nobody's gonna give a shit. People really yeah. let people have their own freedoms of speech and own opinions and blah 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 in Texas. Okay, trust me, there's about no zero places in the United States that would be a better fit for the personality and the extracurricularness of Kyrie than Dallas. Okay, because they're gonna yeah. let him do what the fuck he wants to do because they don't care because he commits to winning, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> they take freedom of speech really seriously here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that now. <laughs> it's perfect for him. Yeah, he wants to say it. Everybody's like, Woo! yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trust yeah. me, Texas want their freedom. All right. <laughs> I'm with it. <laughs> All right. Uh, you want to transition to something different? Yeah, let's go. Let's go ahead. Okay. Uh. So all NBA f- first team, how would you how would you go for it? I get three power, three small forwards, Th- right? Or um, so basically how it works is there's three forwards and there's two guards. Okay, okay. Ooh, the second I was thinking about this and I was like, the second actually, I think um, there's one center, one center, two forwards, yeah. two guards. My bad, my bad. What? Oh, but you can put a a forward as a two though. I think. I think there's three forwards. I think there's a possibility to make three forwards, right? No. Two forwards, one center, I mean, two, two guards. Small. Okay. Damn it. Um, <clears throat> I could have sworn that you could have did, like, because I think there was a year that LeBron Embiid and, like, with the, that would still be two forwards, though. Damn. Never mind. Um, okay. So, I have Curry one. Yeah. Give me JB two. Jalen Brown? Yeah, because I can't think of any other... I'll throw out some guards. I'll throw out some guards. Okay, please. Luka Doncic, Dame Lillard, Shea Gilders, Alexander, Steph Curry, Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Brown, Kai, John Morant, Trey Young, Darren Fox. Ah. Okay, 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 okay. I thought you were forgetting Luka for a second there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I was like, I can't... My mind was like, look, it's 8.25 in the morning. My mind was like, all I could think of was just one guard. Yeah. Um, okay. But that's because I see, like, Luka more small forward, but that's, yeah. that's besides the point. Okay. Uh, Curry, Luka. Give me Curry, Luka. That's a good choice. Um, I'll take uh, JT mm. as one of my forwards. Okay. Give me Giannis. Okay. And... But then it goes to the... To the how do you see Embiid and Jokic? It's like it's ah, give me, give me Embiid. Okay, okay. Um, yeah. yeah, I would agree with basically everything you just said. I would have Stefan, Luca, both guards, pretty obvious. I would have Giannis mm-hmm. and Jason Tatum as well. Um, Kevin Durant for me hasn't played enough games, only forty four. 
And yeah. I would take Jokic. I would take Jokic first team center. So who uh, who would you take second team? Uh, it's tougher and tougher as you move along, Chris. I know. Shoot. Um. Shay. Okay. JB. Okay. I could see that. Um. Ooh, Shay, JB. Any small forward. It could be any forward. Oh, any. Oh, so okay, 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 okay. Um. Mm-hmm. Trying to see who really impresses me right now. Mm-hmm. Really jumped out at me second team. My brain's like, it's like not working right now. Um, <laughs> that's funny. There's some forwards out. There's some forwards. There's some forwards out there. Okay. Well, you chose Giannis and Jason Tatum. Kevin yeah, Durant's only played LeBron. 44 games, but no. LeBron's played 50. Uh, Zion, uh, Anthony Davis has played 51 games. Laurie Markkinen's played 65. Julius Randle played 77. Julius uh, Randle. Pascal Sockham. You choose Julius Randle, second team? Yeah. Okay. He's actually playing really well this year. Sure, he really is. He's playing really well this year. I would give him second team. Okay. Um, I'm sorry, go, keep going. Paul George has played 56 games. Kawhi's played 46 49, my bad. So he might just slip into oh, about 50. Jimmy Butler's played 62. There's uh, Kristaps mm-hmm. Porzingis. Okay. Um, who did I have for the forward? I'm sorry. <laughs> I keep forgetting. Okay, so your first team forwards were Giannis and Jason Tatum. No, the second one. Who did I have for the second forward? Uh, I think you said LeBron out. and Julius Randle. Oh, no, no, I didn't say LeBron. Oh, okay, Julius Randle. Okay, so Julius Randle. And then um, I wasn't going to do Paul George and Kawhi until, like, third team. Okay. Um, hmm. Damn, I just lost it that quickly. Okay. <clears throat> so my guard is... Yeah, it's Shea Gilgis-Alexander and... Shea, JB, JB, Julius Randle. Okay. Oh, okay. I don't know if I should do LeBron. I, I don't know. Who had um seventy two games? That was Julius Randle, right? Julius Randle played seventy seven. Seventy seven. Davis played. And he said somebody played sixty two. Sixty two. Because there's a player that stood out to me that I completely forgot as soon as you said it. Laurie Markner played 65. AD played 51. Uh, yeah. Brandon and Ingram played 41. Pascal Pisakam played 67. Paul George played 56. Kawhi played 49. Jimmy Butler played 62. Um, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler. Okay. You choose JB. Jimmy Butler. Okay. Yeah, so I got the other J. I got both JBs in the second team. I got mm-hmm. Julius Randle, and I have Shea. As okay. my starter, as my um, starting point guard, and then as my center, I'll throw Jokic. Okay. 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 So I would mirror you on Shake just Alexander, but I would um, choose Dame as my second second guard. Uh, my forwards would be Legote, 
And I'm going to take his running mate with him, Anthony Davis. And at center, I'm going to take Embiid. That'd be my second team. I, I didn't want to – I mean, like, I could see that. But I was thinking, like – I mean, you're, you're, like, your small four power four combo was similar to what I was originally thinking. Mm-hmm. But I was just thinking that there were there – were, I mean, like, they're good. Like, don't get me wrong, but there were some players that were playing a little bit better, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, there's some guys that played more games. Yeah, I th- I yeah. think that's definitely factors into it. Everybody views it differently. Um, for me personally, like fifty is the cutoff. Mm-hmm. Fifty is my cutoff. So they both played fifty, that's and they're both gonna play a few more games yeah. too. So for yeah. me personally, that's one. All right, let's see who who's okay. your third team. Let's see what you got, Chris. Um, Dame. Okay. Jaw. Okay. Uh, give me Kawhi. And Kawhi is at forty nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, give me you can you can sneak Kawhi in there and give me LeBron. Okay. Kawhi and LeBron. Okay. And then my center would be. Where can I get into the forward? It's got to be a center. Centers to the left are Kristaps Porzingis, Bam Adebayo, Demontis Sabonis. Those are main guys. Demontis Sabonis. Oh, a little Demontis Sabonis love. I would love to hear it. All right. Uh, my third team would be, let's see here. I would take Jalen Brown. I would take uh, Mr. Umpos Popular, but I don't care. Trey Young. Played 70 games. Does what Trey Young does. Mm-hmm. Just not a part of the super team. Uh, forwards for me, I would take Julius Randle here, and I would also take uh, Pascal Siakam. Like, Pascal's had a great year. He always defends ridiculously well, averaging 24-25. That's a really impressive player. And at the center position, man, Kristaps Porzingis has had such a good year. He's averaging 23. He's improved defensively. I really feel like Kristaps Porzingis' improvement this year is really slept on, so I take mm-hmm. KP here. Kristaps Porzingis, my third team center. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I, I like the bottom the bottom a bit better, but it's all good. Okay. Um. So let's go. Let's go with an, another one. Most improved player of the year. Now. When the season started, it was like, oh, it's going to be Laurie Markkinen by like a gazillion miles. But the interesting mm. talking point is the fact that Shea Jules Alexander went from somebody that was averaging like 22, 23 to like 30 above. So it's like a little bit of a race here between Shea and Laurie Markkinen. So which guy do you think you would give most improved to? Shea. Okay, why? Shay Shay has really came out this year as True. the as a leader of that team. Like yes. he is really like, I mean, as many times as he's played like top tier teams, he's always showed up and showed yeah. out. It has led a like less than favorable team against like mm-hmm. marquee talent. It has yeah. won. It's just it's like there, there's there's levels, and I yeah. think that Shay has jumped several levels, and he's like 
coming into his all star. This is this is his all star period now. So I think that that he's really, I think it's Shea. I think it's Shea by a mile. Yeah, I would agree. I think a guy ch- jumping from borderline star to like holy shit superstar. Whew, yeah. You know, it's just you know, Laurie Markkinen would walk away with this award any other year. Man, it's so sad that Shea Gilgis Alexander just took this ridiculous jump here. So, uh, you know, it's it's pretty crazy, uh, but I'm pretty happy about it. The fact that Shea Gilgis Alexander yeah. would get to appreciate, watch his game. You know what I mean? It's really great to watch. So, yeah, I'm pretty happy about it. Okay, so uh, jump. I just hope he doesn't Julius Randle it though. Yeah, that's facts. <clears throat> All right, you ready to transition to a fun topic? Sure. All right, Chris. As basketball addicts, we really watch so much basketball. This could be an interesting conversation. All defense, first and second team. Who are you having for the first team? Drew Holiday. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's a very good choice. Can't go wrong there. Um, wow, it's Hold tough. It's tough. You really gotta. Yes. You really gotta. Because there's so many good guys right now. I'm really leaning toward the Celtics duo as a defensive, like Smart and uh, so JB. Who? Yeah, JV, JV, JGZ. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot of good guys. There's just too many good guys. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Jaron Jackson. He got if he's on DPOY, he needs to get the first team. Okay. He's one of your forwards. Cool. Well, yeah, he's my second forward because I said JBJT. So okay. yeah. Um. Jaron Jackson in my center. Shot blocker, shot blocker, shot blocker. Who's, what's it? It's some guy who's like leading the league in blocks right now. (laughs) And I can't think of the name right now. And I just like, it, not, this year, is it? Hold on. I can't think of his name off the top of my head right now. Let me get into the stats right now. Jaron Jackson Jr. is leading in. Brooke Lopez is second. Nick Claxton's third. Okay, so... And who's in third? Claxton. Claxton. Give me um Brooke Lopez at the five, then. Okay. Wow. All yeah. right. All right. Uh, my first team. Dear goodness, this is tough. At center, I'm gonna give it to Bam. I feel like every year, for the past since we've been doing this podcast, the best defensive center in the NBA is Bam. Uh, yeah. Forwards wise, I'm gonna agree with you, Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah. Me personally, I'm gonna go Giannis as the other forward. Um, That's fair. 
And then at the guards, which is so gosh darn tough, I really feel like a guy who's made a quiet jump this year is OG Ananobi. He's really gotten better at jumping past the lanes. Like he's, it's a real skill for him. Um, I think he's leading yeah. the league in steals as well. Um, so I'm going to take OG Ananobi. And let me think here. Guards that can defend. Pat Bev's got to be in the conversation. Smart's got to be in the conversation. Drew Holiday's got to be in the conversation. Matisse Thibault's got to be in the conversation. Mikkel Bridges yeah. has got to be in the conversation. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon? Brogdon's not bad. I don't I don't think I would put him in my guards, though. I'm just trying to make sure I don't miss anybody. Jimmy Butler's always a good defender. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt's having a hell of a year defensively. Uh, yeah, I'm. Th- I think I'm gonna agree with you. I'm gonna go Drew Holiday, other other guard. I'm gonna have Marcus Smart second okay. team. Sorry, Marcus Smart. I want. I want to <laughs> change my uh <clears throat> my one of my fours. See on it. Okay. Think about that one. <laughs> okay. I think that's cool. So it's gonna mirror a little bit. All right. So who's your second um, team? This work gets tough. Yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> it's really, it's a, Tag it. okay, hold it's on. a fun conversation for basketball addicts. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the real ones. This is a fun conversation. Herb Jones is a good defender. Yeah, um, I'm thinking across the league, across the league, defending centers right now because I want to start with a big man first. I want to give JB some love, Jimmy Butler, meaning. Mm-hmm. So. I, I can't, okay, so I don't have them in a complete order right now. Okay. kind of jumbled in my head. So I have JB. And I'll throw Bam in there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Bam can be my center. Duh. Okay, Bam, JB, Jimmy Butler, meaning Jimmy Butler. Um, this is where it gets hard. That's fun. MJB. Don't forget about uh, Draymond. Okay, Dre definitely has to go in there. Okay, so that's a good pick. Okay, so Bam, JB, Draymond, and then my guard would be Marcus Smart. Um, that would be one of my guards, and okay. then my second guard would be so many. <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> I'm going for the funny one, right? Okay. Oh no! Give me DB. Devin Booker? No, Dylan oh. Brooks. <laughs> oh, God. that's hilarious. This is a troll one. That's a troll one. That's a troll one. That's a troll. Okay. That's a troll. It's it's not real. It's a troll one. Okay. What if Dylan Brooks would have been my second team? <laughs> All credibility lost. Um. Okay. Wait. So my shooting. Oh, my guard. This period guard. Good defending guard. Bridges is nice. Um, and there's a lot of good ones. Uh, I, I don't want to do Mikhail Bridges. I think he's kind of young, so I would do his third team if I didn't go off. Oh, there's no third uh, team. Oh, there's no third team? Mm-mm. That's just first and second. Okay, I yes. give Mikhail Bridges as the guard here and there. Okay. 
All right. Um, so my center is where it gets tough for me because I'm not a oh. big. Go ahead. What? Wait, wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Switch that around. Matisse Thibel is my other guard. There okay. Yeah, he's pretty special with his off-ball blocking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, Marcus Smart's a lock to be uh, my guard, and Draymond Green is going to be a lock to be one of my forwards. Uh, we talk about centers. i not a big believer in Rudy Gobert, not a big believer no. in Brooke Lopez. So for me personally, I really wish I could give this to AD. And I feel like the conversation is Evan Mobley, Embiid, and Claxton. Because people forget how ridiculously good Claxton was looking defensively for the Brooklyn Nets when they were a premier team. You know what I mean? Embiid. Embiid kind of like he doesn't play with force defensively like I would hope. Um kind of defends like Marcus Saul in my opinion. Uh which isn't a terrible thing. It's just high basketball IQ yeah. defense, you know what I mean? Uh you know, this would be a sly this would be Anthony Davis by a gazillion miles, but he just didn't play a ton of games. Evan Mobley so versatile, but like the basketball intelligence isn't like a hundred percent there yet. So I'm gonna give it to Nick Claxton. I feel like Nick Claxton's mm-hmm. versatility, ability to defend the rim all year, really highly improved. I think he's earned the spot at um, my center position. So now I have Marcus Smart, Draymond Green, and Claxton. So I need a forward and a guard, and at forward. You know, I I think Kawhi's lost a step defensively, so yeah. I'm I'm gonna go with Mikael Bridges here. Mikael Bridges has been a phenomenal forward defender for a very long time, and at my guard defender, which is just ridiculously stacked. Um, oh my goodness, so many dudes, so many dudes that get it defensively guards. Hmm. I'm going to go ahead and go with I'm going to agree with you and go Tease. I'm going to go Matisse okay. Thibel too. I mean it's just he's pretty freaky up all defensively. Yeah. Like when shot blocking off the type of stuff so uh I'd go Tease too. Tease is pretty freaky. So yeah. That's a nice pick. That's a nice list. That was that was fun. There are so many good defenders in the league. We could literally do like five of those. <laughs> It'd be easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only position that's not extremely stacked offensively is center. Like uh, It's just yeah. pretty okay. So yeah, There's just so like many guys that can lot. defend at a high level right now, especially at the guards mm-hmm. and the forwards. Switchable guys. I mean, the uh, Toronto Raptors have three people. Scotty, OG, Pascal, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> Scotty yeah. Barnes? Dear goodness, he has ridiculously high dif- upside defensively. Dude's freaky. He's yes. so, so goddamn strong. And you know what's sad about this whole list? What? Ben Simmons was my DPOY preseason, and he didn't even make this list. Yeah. That's what happened when you That's don't work. Had. I mean, that dude's Damn freaky Andrew, defensively. Got, like, 6'10". Yeah. So yeah, it's a disappointment. I'm gonna That's what it is. 
D I S S I appointment. That's how you spell disappointment, people. Oh my goodness. All right. Is there any awards that you want to talk about? Is it like rookie of the year, first team, second team, or um, anything like that? Or do you want to cut it here? Because I think we already talked about rookie of the year. We talked about the DPOIs, the first team all defense, second team all defense, and the first, second, and third team all NBA. Yeah. This is a good way to, good place to cut it. Yeah. Good way I agree. To end it. Ended and go on. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for tuning in consistently. Yes. I hope you enjoyed our list. What are you some of your lists? Do you agree with us? Do you not agree with us? You know, we want to hear those things in the comments. Like mm-hmm. I said, I'm um, somewhat of a masochist. I like reading the comments. So <laughs> I enjoy that. So <laughs> if uh, you want us to read your comments, go ahead and comment. You know, we're on TikTok. We yeah. even have a YouTube as well. You can like, subscribe to any of those and follow us as well. Um, you got anything you want to say, Jason, before we close it out? Yeah, you guys are definitely going to want to check in when these regular season ends and these playoff standings starting to get confirmed. You're going to want to hear our playoff breakdowns. It's going to be the best. We do the best every year. Little little snippet here again uh, two years ago before the Lynn Hawks and the Philadelphia 76ers played. I chose the Lynn Hawks. For, and I did it on the podcast, so you could quote me. And Chris on the podcast said that if the Phoenix Suns beat the Los Angeles Lakers, they would make it to the NBA Finals, and they did that year. So you guys, look, tell you, we spit some heat when it comes out of these playoff matchups, and we rarely miss. Yeah. So you guys are going to want it. It's a must-tune in. Be more right than your friends. Listen to our podcast. There you go. That's what it is. You heard it here first. All right, guys. So, Chris Vaughn. I'm Jason Collins. And we are the best boys. Peace. Ouch.